Creation is good. Creation is good. But creation will not give you what you ultimately need in this life. The sacred. As a Christian, you are free to enjoy Christian creation. As a Christian, you're free to enjoy creation. You are not free to sin. And you are not free to make creation more than it is. You are free to enjoy what God has given you with thanksgiving. We are free to enjoy this world, but our ultimate joy is found in the Lord. Creation is not sacred. We must always be mindful that God is necessary and sufficient for true and lasting joy. And we're tempted by the flesh to make flesh, to make creation our ultimate joy. And we must combat that temptation. And we combat that temptation by living lives of gratitude. We as Christians must live lives of gratitude. We must live by thankfulness. We must live by gratitude. We must realize that God gives us everything we need for body and soul in life and in death. And thankfulness is how we enjoy all the things that the Lord gives us for body and soul in life and in death. And this thankfulness keeps us from worshiping the creature. And this afternoon, I want to let Kohelet's self-indulgence show us how to live gratefully. Chapter 2, verse 1 of Ecclesiastes, I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. Notice the first person pronouns. I said in my heart, I will test, I will enjoy myself, and so forth. Very important pronouns. It's not what God has said. It's my heart rather than what God has revealed. It's enjoy yourself rather than enjoy the Lord. And he sought to test himself. And he sought to test himself with all the trees of the garden. And he would eat every fruit, especially those that delighted the eye. And he sought to be wise through pleasure. He sought to be wise through pleasure. He sought to be wise through creation. And the sin isn't so much the fruit of the trees. He says when he drinks, he does so wisely. That is, he isn't giving himself over to alcohol abuse or alcoholism. Even in seeking great possessions, he wasn't taken over by covetousness. He says, also my wisdom remained with me in the possessions that he had. The sin wasn't the use of creation. Kohelet, Kohelet is the uh, author, that's the preacher, it's the Hebrew word. Uh, Kohelet was, was not a fundamentalist. Kohelet was not Amish. As we will see, he believes joy and creation are gifts of God. And they are gifts that we receive from his hand. The sin wasn't that he used creation. The sin was how he used creation. The sin was how he used creation. It's never what goes into the body that is evil. It's not the, that the stuff out there is evil. Evil springs from a cursed well, which is the heart. Mark 7, 21, Mark says, for, Jesus says, for from within, out of the heart of men, 
come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, evil, or excuse me, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. For from within, that's where the evil resides in this world, for within, out of the heart of man. Kohelet used creation improperly. He sought his only comfort, body and soul, in the world. Not in his faithful Savior, in the world. And that's where we've been so far in Ecclesiastes. So far, his search has been fruitless. Work and reason are poor gods we found in chapters 1 and 2. They are good gifts from the one true God, but trying to find ultimate meaning in them is idolatry. Thus he found work and reason to be meaningless. Meaningless because they cannot give you what you ultimately need. But what about pleasure? And that's where we turn to tonight. He's looked at work. He's looked at reason. He's looked at vocation. He's looked at the academy. But now, what about pleasure? Perhaps ultimate meaning is found in pleasure. The word pleasure is an interesting word. I looked up the word. The word pleasure in Jewish culture, Jewish culture didn't assign much to the word pleasure. It literally just means jubilation. Pretty bland word. Now, the Greco-Roman world, (laughs) they assigned a lot of meaning to pleasure and had many words for the word pleasure. They loved pleasure. The New Testament use of this word seems mostly negative, probably because of the Greco-Roman culture. (laughs) Luke 8.14 says, And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as though, but as they go on their way, this is the, you know, the parable of the sower. As they go their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And their fruit does not mature. The pleasures of this life choke out the fruit of those who fell among the thorns. 2 Timothy 3, 4 says, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That is men without Christ, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And Christian, Christian history seems to stray from the word pleasure. For example, St. Augustine chose the word rest when he famously said, our hearts are restless until they find rest in God. Even our own Heidelberg Catechism chose the word comfort to explain the Christian life. And the Bible uses words like joy, peace, and contentment. Perhaps that's because nouns like comfort, joy, peace, and contentment find their object, their hope, outside of this world. Whereas pleasure is really concerned with the world. Now we must remember, as we talk about pleasure, that creation is still good. God wants us to enjoy the work of our hands. 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory, do all to the glory of God. Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do. We may enjoy creation. We, however, should not seek our ultimate joy from it. Penultimate joy may be found in creation, but ultimate joy is found in the Lord alone. We should use creation. We should use it for our enjoyment. But we only give God the glory and seek to live by his word alone. Now, hedonism, 
opposite of Christianity, hedonism seeks ultimate pleasure in creation. Hedonism places pleasure beside or above God, and we place nothing beside or above God. And that's what keeps us from worshiping the creature. And that's how we remain thankful. We always keep God on top. God is our absolute. He is our absolute joy, our absolute hope, and our absolute praise. So we remain thankful by making God our absolute. And we must make him our absolute truth. Thus we live by the Lord alone. And so Christian joy, as Christians, we joy. We have joy, but we also have an ethic of joy. We recognize that our joy is compelled by the gospel and controlled by the law. We therefore enjoy life morally. We are thankful for the gospel and delight in the law. Now, Kohelet in our text this afternoon tested three types of pleasure. And in their failure to provide lasting joy, we find what we really need for body and soul. And the first test that Kohelet tried was laughter. Verse 2, he said, I said of laughter, it is mad, and of pleasure, what use is it? Now, laughter is good medicine. That sometimes can be really good counsel to depressed people. You need some laughter in your life. Laughter has its place, but laughter cannot save. Proverbs 14, 13 says, even in laughter, the heart may ache, and the end of joy may be grief. Creation is good. Creation is cursed. So this is a sad world after all. It's a sad world after all. Make a good Disney song, right? It's a sad world after all. It's a sad world after all with moments of joy. And we must enjoy those moments. Enjoy the joy you have. But recognize they're fleeting at best. Fleeting moments at best. Lasting joy comes from the man of sorrows. Man of sorrows, what a name. Ruined sinners to proclaim. Hallelujah, what a savior. That's where joy is found. And that hallelujah, what a savior. Laughter is penultimate joy. Here and gone tomorrow. But our ultimate joy is found in the one who has overcome this sad world. Our highest praise is reserved for our savior. Now the second test was alcohol. Verse 3, I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine. My heart still guiding me with wisdom, how to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life. It's always 5 o'clock somewhere. Always, I tell myself every Saturday morning. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, alcohol is a good gift from the Lord. And there are many positive statements in Scripture about alcohol. Even Kohelet understood that wine can give us a merry heart, chapter verse uh, 9, verse 7. He says that alcohol gladdens life, chapter 10, verse 19. But the Proverbs also say that alcohol is a mocker, a brawler, and can lead us astray. We have a Christian ethic of alcohol. We do, right? Enjoy it moderately. <laughs> Enjoy. It's a gift of God. You can use alcohol if you're 21 or if your parents approve. But you use it moderately. Finn really liked that last part. I saw him look back at his parents. Pastor said. Youth group. Youth group. Reformed youth group. 
We enjoy wine, but not for too long. For we know that there is food and drink from God that satisfies. Food and drink are penultimate joys, a wonderful gift from the Lord, really good for Christian fellowship, invaluable gifts for Christian fellowship. But our ultimate joy is found in the bread and wine from heaven that gives us everlasting life. The third test of Kohelet was uh, riches, verse 4. He says, I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. Kohelet itemizes his his accomplishments and his wealth. In these verses, verses 5 through 8, really read like a resume of the kings. Verse 5, he says, I made myself gardens and parks and planted them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I also had great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and treasures of kings and provinces. I got singers of both men and women and many concubines, the light the delight of children of man. These verses paint a picture of legendary success and remind us of Solomon's wealth. And we have many royal inscriptions from times past with such summaries of success. It was the custom of the day for kings to show their subjects that they were always greater than their predecessors. You always wanted to show as the next king, that you were greater than your predecessor. And so to Kohelet, verse 9, he says, So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. When it comes to wealth and power, Solomon was the most glamorous, glamorous king in Israel's history. Yet in the end, with all that wisdom and all the treasures and all the many blessings, wine to make the heart glad, laughter, all of these wonderful treasures, all these wonderful blessings, in the end... None of it mattered. He said, verse 10, whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure. For my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all my toil. Simply pleasure. Nothing less, nothing more. Then I considered all that my hands had done, the toil I expended in doing it. And behold, all was vanity and a striving after wind, and there is nothing to be gained under the sun. There was nothing to be gained in all his riches, property, art, music, and recreation. They're all gifts from God. We may enjoy them. They are penultimate joys. But our ultimate joy is found in our heavenly riches, the kingdom not of this world. And the kingdom not of this world keeps us thankful in this sad world. To live a thankful life, you must remember that creation is good, but it is not sacred. And creation is legitimate without being Christian, by the way. We don't have to go out and redeem creation. It is legitimate for what it is. Enjoy it for what it is and make nothing more of it. Enjoy it, but know that it will not give you what you ultimately need. You must also realize that creation is cursed and destined to be consumed. Death's shadow covers everything under the sun. Life is enjoyable. Life is enjoyable. But it's laughter, alcohol, heart, art, nature, money, 
possessions and power could not stop it from all burning up in the end. But there is a treasure that exists where rust or moth cannot destroy. There is treasure that exists that thieves cannot break in and steal. The gospel is our greatest treasure. And it's blessings, the gospel blessings, everlasting righteousness, eternal life, the church, and the communion of saints lasts forever. That's our hope. That's our treasure. That's our joy. Enjoy creation, but set your heart on Christ and his church. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. At Covenant Reformed Church in Missoula, Montana, we sincerely believe God's Word and faithfully teach it. We invite you to worship with us on Sundays. For more information, please visit MissoulaURC.com. That's MissoulaURC.com.